Church, and we want to welcome you to our live stream and in-person service on this second Sunday of August. The Bible says in Psalms 33, 1 through 4, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is calmly for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with the psaltery and in the instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all of his works are done in truth. Let us all stand as we sing together this morning. I just come to magnify the Lord.
to the heavens from which our help comes, for we know no other help than from above. Eternal God, O gracious Heavenly Father, this is the day that you have set aside for us to have another opportunity to come before thy throne of grace, another day in which to come and magnify the name of Jesus Christ who died on a cross for the remission of our sins. So, Lord, as we come today, we come leaving our burdens at the door. We come in just to raise holy hands and stomp our feet and clap our hands and sing songs of praises to give you the glory that you so richly deserve. We pray this morning, Father God, for those that are listening live stream. And we pray for those that are here in person. For we realize, Father God, that we can't do any of this without you. So, Lord, as we come today, help us to focus on what you would have us to be. And help us to focus on what you are doing in our lives. Help us to stay on the right path, Father God, because we are living in troubled times. So, Lord, as we come, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your grace, thank you for your mercy, and thank you for your extreme goodness. We pray right now, Father God, for our pastor and his wife as they, as they vacation afar. We pray, Father God, for the people around them that have experienced difficulties, tragic catastrophe losses. And we pray, Father, that you keep everybody in holy hands. And Lord, we ask that you just return them to us safely at the end of their vacation. And Lord, bless those in this waiting congregation this morning. We ask that you touch someone, asking them or telling them what they must do to be saved. Father God, we're all going through something and we realize that only you can bring us through. So Lord... Help us in this service today. Let us be reminded that only what we do for you will last. And we ask that blessing also upon the man that will stand in the shoes of John. Blessing from his head to his toes. Inspire him, Father God. Anoint him afresh. Give him a word to say to us so that we might go out a different way. All of these blessings we ask in Jesus' name. of scripture reading is entitled God the Omnipotent, found in Isaiah 40, verses 18, 21 through 31. To whom then will ye liken God? 
or what likeness will you compare unto him? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Have it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. They stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by name, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, Jacob, speaketh, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment passed over? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word and sanctify it in your hearts.
want to welcome each of you this morning and appreciate the fact that you decided to worship with us today. In the first order of business, do we have any visitors visiting with us today? Any visitors? No? We're all family. That's good news. That's good news. Well, we have a saying here, and everyone is familiar with it since you are members. The first time you come, you bring somebody that's visiting. Second time, we like to think of them as family. And the third time, prayerfully, the Lord will put them to work when they get here. Amen? Amen. Let us be reminded that our church theme is together in Christ. How many of you are with Christ this morning? Are you with Christ this morning? Has he been good to you? He's been real good. He's been real good. And I just want you to know that uh, he's, he's, he's always there. He's, he's the same yesterday, today, and today. Our additional announcements this morning Jimmy Jones Memorial Golf Outing. I have something to say, but Benny is he's important. Let's say it better. Okay, good morning, church. How is everyone? Good morning. I have Michelle here with me, too, to give the announcement today. So, we are only two weeks away. <laughs> so, two weeks away from lots of fun, I will say. Um, so uh, thank you to all that have volunteered and have sponsored already and registered. We still uh, need to make sure that our, the rest of our golfers, please register. We have about 50 golfers. We need to get to about 75. So if you could uh, register today or as soon as, as you can, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, we also, uh, if, if you're a golfer, you know that in order to uh, make the golf day roll nicely. You need to register so that the golf pro can have all your stuff set up for you when you're when you show up. Okay, you want your name on your cart and you want to have all your stuff ready. You want to be able to go through the registration line really quickly, fast, get all of your your goodies, and then um, you want to get on your golf cart and you want to get out there. So by registering early, like now. Um, that makes it so that things go smoothly. So please, please, please register now. And also, I will tell you, by registering now, you, it allows the golf pro to give us more of the course. If you wait till too late, then he's going to squeeze us kind of all together in one, in one space. So you really need to register so we can get the, the most space on the golf course as possible. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, we're still accepting sponsors. So please put together uh, whatever information you need. Um, it's still time to get your signs printed. And then also for the banquet goers, thank you so much for um, already registering for those that have. Um, we have a great menu ahead. For those that were here last year, we're going to do pretty much the same menu. And we'll just run through it really quick. So we're going to have tossed salad. We're going to have slow roasted beef, chicken marsala, baked shells marinara, and for sides, we're going to have seasonal vegetable medley, roasted garlic, mashed potatoes, cake, and assorted cookies. So, 
Sounds good? Anybody hungry? Okay, make sure you sign up um, to, to, to go to the banquet as well. Um, and you can easily see, easily register. There's a QR code, and then I showed that last week. It's sitting on the golf table. There's a QR code, or you can do it through your, your giving envelope as well. And just one last reminder, as Michelle is here with the T-shirts, uh, remember that volunteers, please go pick up your T-shirts at the golf table. Michelle will be there afterwards, and you'll be able to get your T-shirt. And you also get this lovely little wristband, too. Um, so you'll be all ready to wear your shirts to the, the outing, and you'll be all set to help out. Okay? Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Just look over to you. Thank you so much. from the scholarship committee with a gentle reminder that if you plan on joining us on our bus excursion on to see the clay Moses at Sight and Sound on October 25th, we need to get our counting by August 22nd, which is next Wednesday, I think. Otherwise, Sight and Sound or at least Indiana County for a ticket. I know many of you have expressed you will be joining us we need to have a down payment, not the whole payment. We need to have a down payment by the 22nd to save this space. It's going to be a fabulous time of fellowship. Your ticket includes two transportation to and from Sight and Sound, a continental bag breakfast, movies and games with prizes on the bus, a play, and a late lunch and early dinner at Miller's Buffet. You can reserve your seat by paying on the website or giving me or Sister Sherry or a check. And all we need is a down payment, like I said, to reserve your space. So we hope to see you there. It's going to be a fabulous time, like I said. And thank you for your attention for, to, this, to this message. And contact me with any questions or concerns you may have. church this is your time it's offering time we have three ways to give here at second baptist in person you can place your tithes and your offerings in the offering box in the back of the church and online you can use the giving button on our church website to submit your tithes and offerings but if you prefer the old if you prefer the old fashioned way you can mail them in your tithes and offerings directly to the church, and you'll be blessed when you do. Let us pray. Eternal God, O oh gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many, many, many blessings that thou hast bestowed upon us. We thank you for this opportunity right now to give back to you a portion of what thou hast allowed us to have. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives, individually and collectively. And we ask you to bless these gifts. We ask you to bless the giver, 
and bless those who wish to give but could not. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the praise, honor, and glory as we keep traffic to eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Followed by a prayer from one of our deacons, and then another selection from Barbara Walker, and then our message from Reverend David Jackson. Hear ye the unseen. Come on, let's pray to the Lord. Hey, 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 hey,
family. Welcome back. It's another Sunday morning at Second Baptist. Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we come before you again to seek your guidance. Dear Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for giving us the will to make it in this morning, or the will to join online. Lord, we thank you for giving us all the all the strength to make it through each day, and for giving us the challenges to learn from. Lord, as we sit in your house today. Lord, please reach down to us and open our minds, open our ears, open our hearts. Give us the, the will and the desire to listen and hear your word, to understand your word, to go out and live your word. Lord, please look down upon 
our presenter today and give them the strength and the eloquence, the capability to really put the power in the word that you've given them today. Lord, please look down upon all our congregants, those who are in the house, those who are online, those who are unable to join today. And just, Lord, just bless them and continue to bless them and let them and remind them to remember from whom their blessings come. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen. is a great God and he's worthy to be praised. Oh Lord, my God, when I am in awesome wonder, consider all the world thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. The power throughout the universe Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art! Oh, how great thou art! Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When through Far as glaze I wonder and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the birds and feel the gentle breeze then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great 
Hallelujah. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. And just when I think that God, his son, and sparing, sent him to die, I scarcely can take it in. That at that cross, my burden gladly bearing, he burned and to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God. Hallelujah. Thank you. How great thou art. Hallelujah. How great thou art. So great, God. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great. When Christ shall come with shout and acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart? Then I will bow in humble adoration and my God how great thou art then sings my soul yeah God my Savior God to
church say amen. amen. How great thou art. How great thou art. I know my father had asked me that uh, he wanted that song sung at his funeral. So every time I hear it, I, of course I have visions what that day would look like, what it would sound like. But right now, right here in the land of the living, it sounds real good. How great thou art glad we have a great God. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your tender mercies, for your grace, for we find that it is sufficient. We thank you for raising us up this day, putting us in our right mind. Thanks for all those, dear Lord, who have not deemed it robbery to come out into the house of the Lord one more time. You deserve some praise. You've done so much. And by all accounts, you would do it again if you had to. That's how much greater love you have for us. We've let you down. You've never let us down. But we're asking, dear Lord, that you would prop us up right now. Enter into the gates with the Holy Spirit. Fill this place to overflow. That the words that are spoken, dear Lord, not come from man, but from on high. It's time for thy servant, your son, to step down and for you to take full control. I need you to be Lord of my life. Use me as a willing vessel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been asked to give more than you felt you were able to give? I know I have. One night a few years ago before I got married, I, uh, I came home late from work, turned on the television, and uh, there I saw images of poor, starving children, bloated stomachs, pencil-thin arms and legs, lying in an old mud puddle somewhere in Bangladesh. The commentator made it clear that if people like me did not give a dollar a day or about $30 a month, these children would surely starve to death. 
the sight of these children crying, dirty, flies swarming around their heads, caused me to pick up the phone and make a pledge of $30 per month to World Vision. Later, I received a picture of a, a young boy named Odin Moe. He's five years, two kid, isn't he? Five years old, he became my new foster son. Naomi, you didn't know you had a brother in Bangladesh. I was told that Odin loved to play soccer. His chores included going to the market once a week to pick up family necessities. This relationship would last about three and a half years until I got married and began having children of my own. It was then that the $30 pledge per month began to be a burden. It seemed like I would run out of money before the end of the month. Can anybody else relate to running out of money before the end of the month? I had to decide. Should I continue to sponsor this young man who I have only seen in a picture? Or drop him? for the benefit of my own family, who I see daily. I chose the latter. I remember writing World Vision a letter which sounded something like this. Dear World Vision, I have seen, I've been a sponsor of the World Vision for over three years. During this time, I have been blessed with a wife and a child. Due to budget constraints, I must now submit my withdrawal from the program. Please keep me in your prayers. It is with deep regret that I write this letter. Sincerely, David M. Jackson. Well, they wrote me back. I brought the letter with me. Dear Mr. Jackson, thank you for taking the time to express the need for prayer. It is wonderful to know that we serve a loving and merciful God who because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we can boldly approach at any time. Your prayer requests will be shared with our staff during our daily devotional time. It is important to us to be able to stand in the gap for you and others who may have special needs. Prayer is a vital part of why World Vision is in ministry. It is an honor to be able uh, to be in one accord with you regarding your request. Now, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. 1 John 5, 14, 15. May our Heavenly Father comfort you, and may his peace be ever present in your life. Continue to trust and seek him with all your heart. Sincerely, Juanita Ventura, Donor Relations. That was my letter back. I don't know whatever happened to Odin and his family. I don't know what would have happened if I had continued to participate in the program. I do know that a valuable lesson was learned through that experience. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Kings. 
17th chapter. Verses 8 to 16. Today's sermon text is entitled, Trust God in Your Giving. Trust God in Your Giving. We will journey into the life of the prophet Elijah as he endured a famine caused by a terrible drought. The main idea is that God is our provider. What do we want you to know today? We want you to know that sometimes we are asked to give more than we believe we have to give. The widow in this story will face such a dilemma. And what do we want you to do from all of this? Why even come out? Why even hear the word? We want you to trust God in your giving. Be willing to share your time, your talents, and your treasure. Let's look at uh, 1 Kings, if you would be with us. Chapter 17, verses 8 through 11. And it says this. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. She called to her. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar? So I may have a drink. As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. May God add a blessing upon his already blessed word. You may be seated. Thank you. You see, Elijah was in the midst of a drought. You ever felt like you were in the midst of a drought? You keep wanting and hoping and praying and nothing shows up and it just gets dry. Elijah means Yahweh is my God. Elijah was on a mission. What was his mission? To go to King Ahab. Tell that king that God was not pleased. You go in and walk up to Ahab, the most wicked king Israel had ever known, who had taken up a wife, a pagan princess named Jezebel. Jezebel was from Sidon, an ancient Phoenician city located in what is known today as Lebanon. People from Sidon did not worship the God of Israel. Sidonians worshiped Baal, the pagan god of rain. God commanded Elijah to tell Ahab that if he did not stop worshiping Baal and influencing people of God to turn away from the only true and living God, that no dew or rain would fall until his people turned from their wickedness. And guess what? God kept his word. No rain fell on the earth for three and one half years. You know how it is when we don't get rain for a month. How about two months? How about no rain for six months? How about no rain for one year? How about no rain for two years? How about no rain for three years? How about no rain for another six months? The brooks, the 
streams, all dried up. God had kept his word. Through it all, Elijah had learned to trust in God. There was never a time when God did not meet the needs of Elijah. When he needed protection, God hid Elijah. When he needed water, God directed him to a lonely brook that flowed even through the drought. When he was hungry, God commanded the ravens to carry bread and meat in their beaks and deliver daily to Elijah. You know, the raven is a stingy bird. Ravens sometimes won't even feed their own young. But yet, that's what God used to supply Elijah daily. God is a provider. God is a provider. I think sometimes we think that our job is to provide. I think sometimes we think our spouse is to provide. I think sometimes we think we are the provider until you come through this route. And it all dries up. Then who's going to provide? He provided power when he stopped the rain. Imagine having that kind of power. No rain. It's going to be no rain. I made my decision. He provided strength when he controlled the weather. Clouds, we don't need you today. He provided protection when he hid Elijah from the angry King Ahab. You don't think King Ahab just took all this on without some type of pushback. After all, I'm Ahab. I'm the king coming in here telling me you're going to shut off the water if I don't change my ways. How dare you? God, where are you? Go get him. A place called Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan River, Elijah hid. He provided water in the time of famine. Won't he do it? Won't he give you that one thing that you know you can't get it no other way? You have to realize that must have been God. It's happened so many times in my life. Well, I looked over and it's like, I don't know how that happened. Honestly, God, if you asked me to break it down, I couldn't tell you. All I can say is thank you, Jesus. We must try to understand that God is the provider. We must trust God in our giving. Sometimes we hold on to things a little too tight. If I give, then what will I have? I'll be short. I'll end up hurting. But it's just the opposite. We are to give. We're here on this earth to give. Somebody needs a lifeline today. They're drowning. And who else better to give 
than us, the children of God. By reading this passage, my mind went back to the time of Odin, Moen, my foster son from Bangladesh. Had I given up too soon? Had I doubted that God was the provider? Did I fail to realize that I must trust God in my giving? Let's look at the widow. It was during this hard time that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Isn't that the way it usually is? During our hardest times in our lives, our droughts, our famines, our misunderstandings, our illnesses, our losses, we are more open to the word of God. That's when we hear them. Oh, Lord. Oh, things are so rough right now. Speak, Lord. Speak. I'm listening. You got my attention. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Elijah didn't come to the word. The word came to him. Showed up. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. Because Elijah had known God to be a provider and had gained a greater confidence in the ability of God to take control of his life, he got up and went to Zarephath of Sidon without hesitation. God will put us in situations where he grooms us, strengthens us, trains us, encourages us, gives us confidence so that when he calls upon us, we go without hesitation because we know he's going to meet us there. He always has. What makes us think that he won't right now? Can I get an amen? Go at once. Now, Zarephath is about 80 or 90 miles from Kareth where he was. God was sending Elijah into the land of Baal worship. Right into the heart, the center of it. It's funny because I think about Pastor and Sister Hamlet on vacation right now. Where does God send them? To a place where there, there's more death right now because of these wildfires than ever recorded. And they're right there in the middle of it. He will send you if you're open to it. And if you're watching, and if you're listening, and if you're awake, or you're awake today, church, it's happening. With or without you, it's happening. So he sends Elijah into the land of Baal worship. Isn't it just like God to do that? Ever wonder why you seem to be led to the things you were? warring against the most, God will send you right into that bad habit. He'll send you right into that mean neighbor. Meet them on the street. There they are. Look, here they come. I can't even cross the street now. It's too late. I got to deal with it. That family member. You look on yourself. Oh, but Lord, what are they calling for? Here we go. This is so God can show you that he has power and authority 
over anything that comes against you. God's not afraid. We are not to be afraid. In 1 Kings 17 and 9, it says this, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Why a widow woman, Lord? Why not an investment banker? Why are you sending me to a widow woman? Why not a doctor or a CEO of a Fortune 500 company? Why are you leading me into a widow woman? Don't you know that it's the widow who usually is the first to die during a drought or a famine? She has no one to provide for her. Why a widow? Well, in 1 Kings 17, 10, and 11, it says this. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, Oh, and uh, bring me, please, a piece of bread. Now, I could turn that request around and say, Lord, please give me $1 a day or $30 a month so that my family and I could have food and clothing during our famine. Again, I asked you, have you ever been asked to give more than you felt you could give? Have you ever been stretched? Has your faith ever been tested in that arena? The widow woman is now our witness to this dilemma. She must now ask the question, should I give or should I hold back? If I give, what will become of me and my family? God has not provided rain in three and one half years. It's dry as a bone. What makes me think anything will change now? I would be perfectly legitimate to say, I can't give, man. It's a drought. I'm sorry. In fact, my God, Baal, the God of rain, is a no-show. How can I stand to gain anything from giving to this Jew? I'm not even Jewish. And you're asking me. I'm a widow. What else do you want from me? Well, in 1 Kings 17, 12, and 16, it says this. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go on home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up. 
and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Amen. See, the widow recognized that Elijah was a Jew. As surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. I'm planning on dying after the day anyway. The widow also recognized that the God of Israel is a living God. She knew it. Do you know it? Her God, Baal, had been defeated at his own game. The God of rain. Oh, yeah, right. Baal was supposed to be the God of rain, The God of Israel is superior. The widow recognized the deity of God, yet failed to see him as her provider. I was in the same category when I failed to see God as my provider in the World Vision campaign. I was right there. Elijah knew exactly what to say. Because in 1 Kings 17 and 13, he says this. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make me a small loaf of bread for me and from what you have and and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. Don't be afraid of hunger. Don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid to give more than you believe possible. I, the Lord, your God, will provide. Trust God in your giving. God promised that she would have food until the drought ended. Guess what? In Malachi 3, 10 and 12, it says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. The widow was obedient to the word of God. She gave more than she thought possible. The Lord honored her faith by fulfilling his promise. The flower did not run out. The oil did not run out. How can that be? How can that be? How come the flower, which I can see in the jar, never ran out? And the oil, small jug of it, never ran out. Three adults eating daily in the midst of the famine and the drought. How can this be? 
Baal, you've been defeated. God of rain, get out of here. The only living God is and will always be the only one who can supply your needs in time of trouble. That's it. You heard it. You don't need to look any further. I know there will be people that says, I can help you. I can do this. I can fix it. I got this. There's a self-help book on aisle three that will help you deliver and everything else. God is and will always be your supply. He requires that we trust him as our provider. That's the rub. Can you, will you, do you trust that God will supply you where you are right now, whether it's your mortgage, your health, your relationships, whatever the case may be? Will you do what you said you will do, Lord, and supply my need? Guess what? He will not fail us. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. Will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Trust God in your giving. I don't know what ever happened to Odin and his family. I only hope and pray that God provided oil and flour for them. It is a lesson that will always remain in my heart. Trust God in your giving. He is the provider. He has never failed you. If he has... Let me know what it was. How did God fail you? He loves a cheerful giver. Trust God when giving your time. Trust God when giving your talent. And trust God when giving your treasure. Ask God for opportunities to give. If you don't practice it already, begin your tithing program, the first 10% of your earnings. Ever since I've done it and started to tithe and give the first 10%, not wait till after I paid the bills, but did it first, bill collectors don't call me no more. Trust God in your giving. I have a story that actually happened to me. I have to share it. Some of you have heard it before, but it pertains to this lesson and really where this journey began. I was at school down at Hampton University. I had been at church that day, and they were preaching this same message about giving and tithing. And I got so caught up into the message that I reached down and gave every last dollar I had and put it into the plate. Hallelujah. Press down, shake it together. I, wonderful. I went back to campus, and I lingered a little longer than usual at church. The cafeteria was closed, locked, shut, chains on the door, lights out. 
trying to look in the window, see if anybody's in there. No food. I hadn't eaten. No money. Oh, Lord. Call Colette. Hello, Mom? It's your son. I don't have any money and I haven't eaten. Can you help me out? I'm in need. Son, we'll pray for you. Now I got to go around campus begging for money. Sorry, man. I can't. I, I ain't got nothing. I can't help you. Sorry. It's college. Nobody's got anything. And I was part of the humble, humble crowd. I know I didn't have no money. Finally, as it starts to get a little darker, I'm getting tired of asking now, but I'm hungry, so I'm keeping asking. Can you help me out, brother? Can you get spare time? The guy's name was Moses, of all names, right? He says, man, I don't got no money but here. He gives me a $5 bill. Hallelujah, I'm going to eat today. I'm going off campus now to a little campus store that sits right off, right off the campus, known to have good deals there. I'm on the way. On the way there, I get a tap on the shoulder. I look around, six foot three, 240 pound fullback on the team, Dave Dixon. Says to me, Dave, I'm hungry and I haven't eaten. Can you help me out? I'm like, oh man. Are you kidding me? Two grown men and a $5 bill. That's where I became the widow. Do I make the decision? Do I have it or don't I? Am I prepared to share or am I not? Who is the provider? I've already taken out my parents. They're not the provider anymore. What am I going to do? Thank God for once I made the right decision. Dave, come with me. We'll figure something out. And we go, we both march into this little grocer with the $5 bill. We got a loaf of bread, a quarter pound of cheese, a half a stick of butter, and a packet of Kool-Aid. I was even surprised you could buy a half a stick of butter, but this was what it was. God is the provider. $4.98. Go back to my place, and I got one of those little grills, and we start doing grilled cheese sandwiches. And I'm just, smells good, tastes good, I'm eating, Kool-Aid's tasty, everything's going well. Thank you, Lord. Dave, do you not want another sandwich? No, man, I'm full, I'm good. I can't eat no more either. To overflow. You tell me now how two grown men can eat the full on a $5 bill. You can't buy a happy meal for $5. I knew then God is real. 
He struck me right where I needed him the most. It was during a drought situation, and I'm now listening. You now have my attention. I'm now realizing who the true provider is. I can take nothing and make it into something. I can turn your bad, stinky situation around and make it so that it blesses everyone. Do you trust me now? Do you trust me now? May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Trust God in your giving. Amen. I'm not assuming anything that you have, everyone has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it has a church home. The doors of the church are open. You've heard a word. Hopefully it sinks in and, and it does cause you to, to reevaluate who your provider is. God is asking for everything. Salvation is free. But like Pastor says, it ain't cheap. You owe it. If you haven't given your life over to the Lord, pray with me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm Godfully sorry for the wrongs I've done. I'm asking that you would now take me as I am. Bless me. Save me. And I will dedicate the rest of my life to putting you first in all that I do. I will serve you. If you believe that in your heart, we believe that you today have been saved. It's all there. Now's the time. Tomorrow is not promised. Yesterday is dead and gone. This is what we have. Make it happen. Stir it up. Let the Lord have his way. And you will be blessed. Now may the God of Israel, the one who is able to stop the rain and to turn on the faucet, bless and keep you holding you up, strengthening you, giving you a peace perhaps you've never known before so that you too will be able to give and give it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Until we meet again, church, let's all come together with one accord and with one word and say, Amen. God bless you and heaven smile upon you. Amen.